that there's absolutely no excuses. You make the time to do all these other things. There's no such thing as I don't have time. It's a matter of priorities. And we, we both know that everybody, I, I truly feel everybody knows that. They just make those excuses, but you have to. And, and that complacency of thinking, because it's been a year, two years, maybe five, maybe 10. Some of these, some of these city cops and some of these people have never been through any of that at all, you know, and people just get away with it for so long. But I would just tell people what I'm trying to explain to all these, everybody now, and always reminding myself, like, respect this job, respect this profession. And that respect means you have to train. Hey guys, if you missed out on the last conference in Nashville, Tennessee, you don't want to miss out on the next one. It's April 28th through May 3rd, Orlando, Florida, the Gaylord Palms Resort and Convention Center. You made a mistake missing the last one. You don't want that to happen again on this one. Five days of some of the best training you're ever going to experience packed into one event. We have an early bird special right now, $50 off. Use 24 early bird on our website, streetcop.com. Look for the conference, click the link, register today. If you want to get significantly better at this profession in five days, don't dare miss out on the 2024 Street Cop Conference. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Street Cop Training Podcast. I'm your host, founder and CEO of Street Cop Training. My name is Dennis Benino, and we have with us today a young lady that I follow on Instagram. I thought it'd be really cool to have her on. Frank, you'll edit that shit. He heard me, goes, gotcha. I thought it'd be really cool to have her on and show the world what she does. It's pretty dope. So I'm thankful you're here today to be with us. <laughs> Elia Carranza de Florida. What's up, man? I appreciate it. Thank you so motherfuckers much. Motherfuckers didn't know. Yeah, people didn't know that I had like that Spanish R roll right there. Bro. I know, man. You did. You did that. <laughs> Yo, like I'm actually going. I'm actually going to Puerto Rico tomorrow. No way. Yeah, I got a. I got a two day trip. I got to do down here real quick. Oh, that's dude. That that's just enough. <laughs> In San Juan. Nice. Yeah, I got my 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 whole family's on the island, man. I haven't been there in 17 years, so I got invited to a high level get together and I don't want to miss the opportunity. So I'm shooting down there real quick. Enjoy, man. Well, it's a pleasure to be on here. Um, appreciate the introduction, but um, I'm equally enthusiastic to be on here with you. I, I love the work that you guys do and everything that you're always putting out there. It's, it's, it's awesome stuff, man. You're, you're really appreciated. And I've told you before, tell you again, we, we do thank you for, for everything that you do. Cause man, it's, it's so much needed. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. And, and it's nice to see somebody doing what you're doing as well. And I want to go to some of the things that I found about you that I think are cool. So with that being said, maybe you could tell everybody who you are, where you grew up, what you do, and probably what brought you to this podcast. So I'm actually originating from Miami. My, my, like I said, my entire background is Puerto Rican, family's Puerto Rican, but mom said, you know, I was going to be born here for some weird reason. Um, so she, she came over here, had my, uh, my brother, my, sorry, my sister and myself, so we grew up from down here. The moment I turned 18, got out of Miami, never turned back. And uh, my career began. So my background is very much in hospitality and business. I've always done business. I mean, I've helped multi-million dollar companies from the ground up. So I had a lot of fun in my career doing that. But uh, I wanted to be a cop since I was four years old. Uh, and, I, and I knew that. And it was something that I felt very called to do. But Life took me all around, all around, man, doing all these amazing, beautiful, different things. And uh, I ended up opening my own boxing gym. I had started boxing. I was competing. I said, I want to have a boxing gym. Ended up doing that as well. Um, in the midst of having all this stuff going on, God comes back full throttle and he's like, 
hey, you remember that dream I put in your heart? Now's the time. And I'm like, what? Like, what do you what do you mean now? You know, and um, not to get too deep into that. Um, obviously, I'm a woman of faith and I have a very strong foundation with my relationship with God. Um, but he, he very much led me and directed me to be exactly where I'm at today, doing exactly what I'm doing with law enforcement. Um, so I am with uh, with a sheriff's office and I absolutely love what I do. I've, it's been about three years now. Um, may seem like a little time, but the department I'm in is incredibly big and the district I'm in is the absolute busiest one in the agency. So we always say it's dog years where I'm at. For every year that you're there, you, you spend a good five to seven because um, of the amount of things that we see and, and I have. And it's been an insane, insane journey, but really it's, it's only just begun. And, and, and it doesn't matter how much I've seen. I have so much respect for this job that it's an ongoing evolution. It's an ongoing just growth and and you know again that's that's what leads me to someone like you and and to people like you that are doing these things because this evolution doesn't stop and we need to be led as well so i lead on my end i have my gym i have my business i i do bso i'm a professional fighter but i also need to be led and i need people like you that know what the hell they're talking about to guide our generations because then guess what everything i'm learning it's it's going to be spread tenfold as well so when we have the right information being spread as opposed to all the wrong information being spread, then, you know, that, that's, that's a lot of progress right there. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I think about that a lot. You know, I hope hopefully now it's caught enough fire where if something happened to me, it would continue on and people would understand. And I think, I think we've done a pretty good job of exposing the truth uh, for what men and women in this profession need to succeed and especially in today's modern day police officer. But how did you get into your boxing career? Tell me about that. Like a lot of women, we kind of just, I got into it for fitness um, and something I had always wanted to try. But how old were you? Fitness, I was, uh, this was in 2015, um, 32 now. So, you know, not going to get into that math. Um, but uh, now nah, I got in there in my 20s and it was something that I did for fitness, had to lose some weight. I was I was in the business world and I, I let it get to me. I let the business win, let myself go. Um, was not disciplined when it came to myself and the business. Man, I'll grow you like no other, but I couldn't grow myself because it was just the focus wasn't there. Um, so I had to redirect the focus on myself, get my crap together. Walked in a boxing gym and it just changed my life. Not, not just the boxing itself, but that gym. And, and that was the day that I was like, all right, I knew I was going to box. I knew I was going to have my own gym. Like, it takes me half a second into, into having these epiphanies to know that when it's a, a, just a, a thought or an idea to this is God. So it's, a, it's like it's quick for me. I, I know it and then I, I, I follow it or I know that it's coming in due time. So I knew I'd have that gym and um, I, had a, I, I threw up 30 minutes into that session for boxing. 30 minutes in, I was in the bathroom just throwing up my life. I went back out there, finished it and was like, man, si sign me up sign me up because if there's anywhere that can push me to throw up and I keep going like, yeah, that's a little bit of me, but that's a whole lot of you guys and your instruction, your trainers and, and, and that motivation that they were given. So I signed up and got really into it, lost all the weight, you know, got a little bit of hands on me at the time and then got to a point where I started growing and looking for a fight coach. And then I, I did, I had several multi, you know, world champion coaches, females, I had two of them. They were phenomenal. I appreciate my time with them. Um, and then I opened my gym. When I opened my gym, there was a fighter who was 
one of the best I had ever seen, man. This kid, should, like, he, he already could have been on TV back then. And uh, me and him got really, really close. So when I went to open the gym, I was like, I, I, I don't want to really do this with anyone but him. But at the time, I was by myself. I had my family supporting me. And, you know, I was I was I had moved everything back to my sister's house. And I was like, dropped everything to pursue the dream. I had my restaurants. I left it all behind. I left it all behind because I, I knew where I was supposed to be at that time. So I opened the gym. And after about three, four months of, of hitting that at the gym, I finally convinced him to be stuck with me. And uh, he accepted a partnership with me as not just my business partner, but then also my coach. So that was four years ago with him. And ever since it's, we've been on this ride doing this, having the gym. And then in the midst, again, in the midst of having the gym and all this going on, that's when this BSO stuff came up and I was like, oh, okay. And yeah, just ran, ran, ran for that as well. So I'm in the academy fighting. I'm in pre-academy fighting. I'm in post-academy fighting. I get on the road, I'm fighting, um, you know, and everybody's like, oh, you know, you're not going to be able to do that. Da, 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 da. And here I am doing it every single day, you know, so I just laugh and I'm like, people try to put their limitations on you. They try to tell you based off their experiences, but there's absolutely no limits to, to what we can do as human beings. So what's the balance look like? And like, where's your fighting career going in conjunction with your law enforcement career? Like so, when I say bounce, like how do you like tell me about your schedule? What does it look like to be able to train professionally, to fight, to box professionally? You have a good record so far. Tell me about some of that stuff. Yeah, so I mean, I have a, an awesome team on shift, and and even when we shift bids, uh, do shift bids, like I'm I'm a very honest and caring person. I take care of my team. My team knows that, so it takes very little for them to see that in me. So once we already have that foundation, now. If I when I when I have to go train, they're gonna make sure that I get that time to train. Listen, there's gonna be times that the city's on fire. We I, I can't make it out. It's it is what it is. I'm gonna make sure I compensate for that. I'm gonna make up for it. But nine out of ten times, my team's gonna make sure that I do what I have to do because no matter what, they know that I'm always have their back. So it's 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 a mutual thing like that. So I get one session in before work, and then I get the other session in on all. I take my forty and then I go work out and and I do what I have to do on shift. You know, so I'm training twice a day, about six days a week. I take one day off where it's nothing at all. And and that's it, man. I mean, there's not really much time or room for, for error, for Netflix and chill and binge this and do that and do this. Like, it, for me, it's, it's, it's straight, you know, discipline in my days and what I do. And it is what it is. And, and it doesn't mean that I don't have the time to do other things. Like, I go shoot. I take courses. I take classes. I, I do all that. Most definitely. But it's all scheduled. I don't get to wing anything. I don't. My schedule is scheduled. It's planned ahead. It's always set. And that way I know that if there's something I want to do, it, you make it a priority and you put it on the schedule. If it's not on my schedule, it's probably not going to get done. So. You say you lost all the weight. How much weight did you end up losing? I mean, how how deep on the other end did you go? Uh, 205 wow. was my worst, I believe. So what did you you know, like how much weight did you lose? I mean, obviously you're very muscular. You're working out a lot. So that's, it's hard to, people think that it's all about just pounds. It's actually not. So no. most, most people that will coach you or give you advice on, you know, your diet and things like that. So, you know, you might not be losing weight. It really depends on what you look like in the mirror. So don't worry about the weight as much as I'm mean, clearly when you're 205, uh, how tall are you? Yeah. So I'm five, seven. Um, okay. So, you know, you've got then, weight to lose at 205, five, seven, unless you're a significant bodybuilder. 
yeah. but you're not, right? So <laughs> how much weight did you lose overall while you're so, building lean muscle? I went all the way down to at one point when I was in the amateurs, uh, I had walked at 148, 149. Um, you lost like 55, 56 pounds. Oh, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> and then now and I walk. I walk comfortably now at my fight weight. I fight 154 and I, 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 I usually walk at that, if not lighter, like comfortably. So I just I don't. I'm not a big fan of fighting at 147. I'm, I, that, that weight class is not really, it doesn't interest me just yet. Um, maybe with the right opportunities it would, but I absolutely love my weight class at 154. So I'm good here, but it's beautiful not having to worry about weight. You know, we just, we work, we work smart. We work hard. We, we make sure that we're doing all the right stuff. I have an incredible, incredible team, the most elite team that I can possibly have. So I just, I listen to my team. I put in the work day in and day out. You know, and, and, and just that's that's all there is to it on my end. Hey, guys, follow us on all social media platforms to include Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook group. We have so much information going out every single day, and we don't want you to miss out on any of that stuff. So check it out. Go give us a follow. Did you get in a lot of fights as a kid? Not at all. My mama, my mama really, whew, the way she raised me, <laughs> I knew better. I knew better. She, she had a very simple rule at home, and I respected it. You know, you can end the fight, but you can never start it. You can never start to fight. You never put hands on nobody. You don't touch people. You don't get in people's personal space. You don't get in their circle. Like my mom taught me, you know, very great, but that I believe are basic teachings that a lot of people don't get um, that I look back at now and I'm like, geez, thank you so much for all of these basic things you taught me. Um, but yeah, no, nah, man, she, she raised me with a certain mentality and a very humble one. Um, and I just feel like growing up, I, I was really good at listening to that side of it. I never, never was big on confrontation and stuff like that. Like, I'm like, all right. And I'm not saying I didn't get angry and things. Yeah, sure. But to me, it was putting hands on people was never, was never worth it. What does fighting do for you now? Man, it's, it's, it's this mental space, this clarity. Like, fighting keeps me in line it keeps me in check it keeps me focused you know and then I'm, I'm always i'm always having that conversation with god because i'm like you know don't ever let it don't ever let me be blinded by my love for it that i confuse it with who you are and what you have done for me you know so um but but it is man it's it's a lot of a lot of my peace and my sanity my stress reliever like it's it's it's, it's all that and every time we come to the gym you're just getting ready for that for that fight you know, for that day that all that, all that work gets just put into play. How has the fighting portion of your life when you began fighting, how has it changed your confidence level as a human being, maybe even physically, mentally? I love it. I think that's one of my favorite parts. It's as much as I can be on a high alert and, and paying attention and, you know, making sure that I have all these safety things in mind, I'm just almost to a fault. I I am confident in my hands and in handling situations. And I just feel like it allows me to talk and de-escalate things so much better. Because it's in my initial reaction, obviously, if there's not an immediate danger, and this is in any situation, whether it's personal, work, whatever, there's not an immediate danger. And I can just talk and we can just try to communicate, which I have a real good rate for that too. 
I'm extremely proud of that. I know I'm one of the best in the business at de-escalating absolutely any scenario, any situation. But that's that's all I want to do. Knowing that I can handle it just makes me want to handle it differently than that route. That's my last resort. Anything physical, anything violent is my last resort. It is not what I seek. It is not what I want. I want this to be a peaceful interaction. I want this to go well. I smooth, easy, simple. Come on now. Like I don't, I, I, it's funny because I get to choose when I choose violence. I get to choose when I choose violence and I will choose it when I have to. It's just not my first choice. How's your reputation among your coworkers? Like, you know, it's interesting when a female police officer is known as essentially a quote unquote badass. Like we have a lot of women who are in jujitsu now in law enforcement. And obviously it's the big, the big thing. Everybody goes down the road there for, for many reasons. Obviously it's very universal as a platform for law enforcement. And, you know, you'll meet squads and are like, yo, that's, she's like the toughest one on the squad. She'll like, she'll, she'll mess a dude up. So do you have a similar reputation like that? Like do people like, when do people start finding out about your boxing career? And, you know, is that like kind of the joke around the, around the department? I think that the joke is the opposite. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that I am nothing like what I was expected to be. And I find it hilarious. Um, rub some people the right way. Some people the other, like the wrong way, you know, cause I'm, I'm not this, this person, this visual of what they had. Um, but anyone that works with me, that's been on the road with me, that's worked alongside with me, um, they'll tell you, I, I truly believe that they'll tell you that, yes, they know wholeheartedly that I got their backs and I'm gonna throw down. We got to throw down. I'm a, we're going to make it sure it gets done. But I think that they'll all tell you that I'm there to put out fires. That if there's a toughest situation, if there's anything with kids, with mothers, with chaos, I'm there to help control the chaos. That is what I've been blessed to do. Fighting has been my blessing, my personal life, and it's been a blessing for my confidence, my mental state, and who I am as a person. But what but God's gift to me is as a is, is as somebody that's a trainer and as somebody that can speak. I can talk to people. I can I can empathize with people. I can sympathize with them. I can, you know, and, and to me, that is absolutely everything because that's what's going to help avoid the next steps that we don't want to get to. You know, so that's, I, just, I think I've shown that time and time again. I'm that person with the toys in, in the back of my trunk. I'm that person with all the clothes in the back of my trunk for the homeless people. I'm the person, I'm that person. I'm, I'm, I'm that cop, you know? So to me, it's, it's all about the community. And I know that my team knows that. I know that anybody that rides with me knows that that I, I care about the community. It's, it's what I'm there to do. Not, I'm not there to please command. I'm not there to please anybody. I'm there to do this day in and day out for our community, for the people that I signed up to do this for. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a servant. That's, that's what my job is. That's what I do. And I take that into servant leadership. Like, it, it all goes into these big circles. It's a video that came out recently, and it's a traffic stop. It's being, obviously, one thing gets released and every platform grabs it every account. And I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it's a female and a male police officer behind a car on a traffic stop. And the cop has to go hands on with the dude, take him to the ground. And she just stands there. And then another cop, another male cop runs up and he's helping him, but she continues to just stand there. She will not get involved. She locks up, she freezes. What do you say to women in law enforcement who aren't training to be comfortable with being physical or any police officer in that matter who aren't sure. training to be comfortable with physical? That there's no excuses, man. 
that there's absolutely no excuses. You make the time to do all these other things. There's no such thing as I don't have time. It's a matter of priorities. And we, we both know that everybody, I, I truly feel everybody knows that they just make those excuses, but you have to. And, and that complacency of thinking because it's been a year, two years, maybe five, maybe 10. Some of these, some of these city cops and some of these people have never been through any of that at all, you know, and people just get away with it for so long. But I would just tell people what I'm trying to explain to all these, everybody now, and always reminding myself, like, respect this job, respect this profession. And that respect means you have to train. Any job you get, you're going to train in one way or another. You're always going to be training in that job for what you do. This one, this one right here is the most crucial to train in what we do. So I get that it's frustrating because it's, you know, I, I know it, money and this and that and blah and blah. But listen, man, if you wanted, if, if you really, if you really understand the severity of preparing for these situations that are all to come, we, we, we just being a lot less of a bind all over. People got to invest in themselves. I thought about what I would do when I saw that video, if I was her chief or whatever, her superior officer. And I don't think I would like literally lose my mind. Obviously, it's a major concern when a police officer is afraid to get physical when the time arrives to get physical, especially when other people's lives are on the line, like her partner. And I think the first thing I would tell her is like, look, I get it. You froze up. You haven't been prepared for this, but now it's time to prepare. So instead of really significantly punishing you, which is knee jerk reaction, what we're going to do, I don't think you're useless. I just think you're uncomfortable and you froze up or in a physical situation. So. In lieu of any kind of time off suspension discipline, I'm going to actually allow you to attend and force you. It's going to be mandatory from our, our office down to attend um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu training or, or some kind of police combat training, something like that. Uh, this should resolve the problem. So I need to get you comfortable with being physical. And this is something we need to accomplish in our training academies. And recently I heard of a New Jersey police agency where the director put in mandatory Brazilian jiu-jitsu into place. So you got to train. I don't know how often it is, but you got to train pretty often. And that's part of the deal. Like they don't, they don't have a choice. So you don't get to say yes or no, you're going. And unfortunately, some of this stuff, we do have to shove down people's throats. You just have to do it. And they, you know, hold them accountable of, of getting a participation trophy. You can't just go there and say you did it. You're going to have to participate. We're going to be, we're going to be watching you. Some of this stuff is important. You have to know it. And there's a reason why you have to shove it down people's throats because it's not, it's a, it's not a thing of malice. It's a thing of importance and people don't understand that they don't want to take it seriously, but you got to do it. 100%. So where can people find your Instagram page? What fights do you have coming up? Like where can people follow you? Tell me about your gym, all that stuff. Um, yeah. So my gym is down here in Fort Lauderdale. It's called Level Up Boxing and Fitness. Um, we got a nice little standalone building, our own parking space, our own area off to the side. Uh, but we are off. Broward Boulevard. We're actually right by uh, Fort Lauderdale PD. It's nice. I get to pawn my problems off to them. Um, <laughs> I'll be like, hey, you guys busy? Uh, just, you know, you want to swing by? But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm right there. And my for social media, you can follow me at Elia, E-L-I-A underscore Soul Snatcher. Um, that's, that's what I go by for boxing. It was earned and given, not something that I came up with myself. So it makes it more special. But uh, we're looking to go for another title fight in October, October 28th, uh, trying to solidify that. But go for one more of these uh, other titles and then really start chasing these world titles. Like we're not we're not stopping. We're not stopping. We're going full throttle ahead on that. Um, but on the other end, you know, agency wide, it's pretty cool because 
There's a lot of things happening training-wise, and we have a lot of cool, good momentum going on training-wise with, with our agency. So I'm excited for that because, obviously, if, if that's not something that I've made clear. It's where I will go. It's what I will be doing. I'm all about training. I think it's the most crucial and vital part of any agency, any agency at all. Who is your training department and do they care about their people? Do they not? Because that'll determine where they go. Um, so I'm excited to be part of that and to give my absolute best on that end. Um, so yeah, we're just closing everything up and putting it all together, just moving forward one day at a time. But I'm, I'm really excited for, for all that's to come. Well, I appreciate you carving out a little time today to come on the podcast and tell us who you are because I thought it was worth highlighting. So keep up the good work and uh, you got a friend in us. Anything you need, you can reach out and good luck on your, your future fights. And when I'm in Florida, I'll come by and visit you. Please do, man. I look forward to it. I will. Thanks for having me on, bro. Yeah. Peace. Have a great Hey guys, check out our upcoming training at streetcop.com. Don't forget, we have 50 instructors nationally teaching a variety of topics. These are the best classes you're going to experience in your career. We make sure of it. You're going to love it. I guarantee you, you're going to be thankful that you went. Check us out at streetcop.com for all upcoming classes in your area.